Well, good morning to each of you. I uh, want to say thank you so much for joining us, uh, whether it's here on this podcast or uh, whether you are able to watch our YouTube live stream or replay. We greatly appreciate and are honored to have you join us. Uh, would encourage you now, grab your Bibles and let's go to Philippians chapter 4 together. As I've said over the past couple of weeks, uh, I just stand in awe of how God is putting all of these uh, things together and working it out for His glory and, and our good. Because this series that we're in right now, talking about topics like depression and anxiety, stress, fear, our identity, all, all of these things, you know, God outlined this about five to six months ago. So long before COVID-19 really became a problem here in the United States, God was laying this out for us and preparing us for this season. And so we just want to give the honor and the glory to him. And hopefully it will strengthen our faith and our understanding that God is all known in everything that's going on, that God is still aware of it. He is still in control, and he's right there with us. Uh, this morning, we're going to talk about the topic of anxiety. Uh, this is something that approximately 40 million people uh, are dealing with. That's 18% of the population. Just like depression, it's not just something that adults are dealing with. 8% of children and teens uh, have been diagnosed with a anxiety disorder or they are dealing with uh, some form of anxiety. And anxiety is caused by a lot of different things. You know, it could be stress at work, stress in your home, in your marriage, finances. Uh, you know, if you watch the news enough, anxiety can build up from that, certainly. You know, for a child or, or a teen... Uh, they can become anxious when when they see their parents fighting. You know, we as parents, we often don't realize the toll that that sort of thing takes on our children, but it, it has an effect. You know, sometimes they're watching the news and they're kind of taking their cues from their parents, so that could create some anxiety. You know, if they're having trouble at school, uh, whether it's learning trouble or, or maybe there's a bully uh, situation going on, uh, learning disabilities, all of these things contribute to a higher anxiety rate. So this morning in our time of study, we want to ask the question, what does the Bible say about anxiety and how would God have us to deal with our anxiousness? The one big thing for this morning is that the antidote for anxiety is prayer and a proper focus on God. So let's look at it. Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to begin in verse 6. It says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Would you pray with me? 
Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to come before you and to praise you, to worship you, to draw closer through the study of your word. Lord, I pray that this message would not be about me. It would not be about my words, but Lord God, that it would truly be your spirit speaking through your word and revealing the truth of who you are and the truth of who we are. And Father, I pray for anyone, uh, whether they are listening via this podcast or if they have been joining us on YouTube, Lord, if they do not know you as Lord and Savior, Lord God, I pray that in your grace you would draw them to yourself today and that today would be that day of salvation for them. And Lord, I thank you just for who you are and everything that you have done for us and continue to do for us. Lord, let us be mindful to give you the honor, the glory, and the praise that's yours and yours alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, our one big thing is that the antidote for anxiety is prayer and a proper focus on God. And so as we begin to uh, break down our text, we begin there in verse 6 with the reality of anxiety. Now, there the word careful in the King James of verse 6 uh, is also translated as anxious. All right? It's the same word that Jesus uses to describe Martha in Luke chapter 10. It means to be troubled with cares. Anxiousness is to be mentally preoccupied with something. So it's just something that's always on your mind. You know, the reality is that Paul telling the Philippians and, and us not to be anxious indicates that anxiety is a real thing. It's a real issue. Now, it is primarily a mental an emotional issue, but it absolutely has physical uh, manifestations, you know, panic attacks, sleeplessness, affecting your appetite, affecting your ability to concentrate. All of these things uh, go together and they manifest themselves. And so, uh, you know, if, if you find yourself, you know, struggling to sleep, difficulty in uh, concentrating, those types of things, one of the first things that we would want to do is find out what is the, what's the cause of it, all right? Is it just something primarily physical? Maybe you're getting sick. Uh, maybe you're overtired. May, you know, one of those things, or is there some underlying cause for it. But we also have to understand that just like depression that has physical and emotional uh, problems, it also has a spiritual component. Anxiety is also a form of spiritual warfare. And this is going to be something that you hear as a constant theme uh, throughout. Now, What's interesting uh, about Paul writing uh, for us to not be anxious in the book of Philippians is understanding where Paul is writing this from. This is uh, when he is under arrest. 
You know, this is a known as a prison epistle. So Paul is writing to the Philippians while in custody of Roman authorities, saying, don't be anxious for anything. It's, it's all going to work out. It's all going to be okay. It, I believe that this is a timely message for us as we are dealing with COVID-19, because it would be easy, especially, again, if you're watching the, the news a lot, to become very anxious about things. But then we have to learn how do we deal with this anxiety and this stress level uh, that is rising in us. Now, a foolish thing that some people try to do is they try to ignore it or, or they try to deny their anxiousness. Uh, they take the approach of, well, if I don't think about it, then it's not really there. You know, it, you can deny a problem, but it doesn't mean that the problem's not there. If we are not careful, anxiety, because it is real, it can become powerful and it can take us hostage in our own life. And I think we're seeing more of this with COVID-19 because of the isolation, you know, the quarantine, the stay-at-home orders. And so people are feeling like they are a prisoner in their own home, which is ultimately causing them to feel like they are a prisoner of their own mind. One thing that we need to address is the source of our anxiety. And there was a study done by Dr. Walter Calvert. And Dr. Calvert's study concluded that only 8% of the things that are causing us anxiousness right now actually turn out to be legitimate concerns. Only 8%. That means that 92% of the things that are causing our anxiety today are over things that we've imagined Things that never actually happen, you know, uh, you're, you're worried about something happening tomorrow, but then it never materializes, or it's about a person or a situation that is completely out of your control to begin with. Now, please don't misunderstand me. That's not, I'm not saying that 92% of your fears are pointless, they are very real to you, but we need to understand that oftentimes we are our own worst enemy. What this is pointing to is how we can ultimately learn to lean on God to be able to deal with our anxiety. And Paul really gets to it there in, in our verses. One thing I love about the Apostle Paul and really all of Scripture is that it just doesn't diagnose the problem. It also points us to the solution. The solution is always going to be Jesus Christ. It's always going to be coming to Him, looking to Him, trusting Him. All right, so as we begin to look at the antidote for anxiety, we begin with where Paul begins, and that's with prayer. 
And again, I, I love the flow of the passage because in verse six, Paul says, don't be anxious, but he doesn't stop there. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when a husband would tell his wife, ah, you know, just calm down. All right. I've never known a wife, including my own, that when you tell them, oh, just calm down, that they go, oh, you're right. You know, I'm being entirely silly and unreasonable. I'm just going to calm down. We're okay. Uh, no, telling them to calm down typically makes things about 10 times worse, right? So Paul sitting here, if all Paul said was, don't be anxious, we'd be like, duh, Paul, I got it. But you're frustrated because you're still feeling anxious. But what scripture does is it not only points out the issue, but then it points us to the solution. And he begins by using the word prayer. Paul is saying, bring your cares and your concerns to God with thanksgiving. Another way we would say it is count your blessings. See, Typically, what is causing us anxiety are things that we cannot control. But when we start to count our blessings and we begin to remember all the goodness that God has given us and done for us, then we can begin to shift our focus. You know, I've seen it posted various places but I love this saying. It says, worry doesn't stop bad things from happening. It only robs us of the joy of today. Now, if 92% of the things that you and I worry about or are anxious over never happen, think of how much joy we are losing. You know, Jesus in the Gospels, he asks the question, which of you by worrying can add one second to your life? Or which one of you, by, by worrying, can actually grow taller? Ask yourself, does worrying about things and being anxious add value to your life? Or is it robbing us of the quality of life that God desires for us to have? We know the answer to that. It's robbing us of that quality of life. Now, I want to take a pause here for a moment. Because we also have to acknowledge that there are people who have anxiety disorders. It is an issue within their brain that needs counseling as well as, many times, medication to help control. All right? So I, I want to be, be careful not to lump everybody who is feeling anxious in the same category. Be, because it's it's not, okay? I'm not discounting uh, those that, that have these anxiety disorders, the, the chemical imbalances that require the counseling and the medication, okay? Uh, but that's not primarily what we're talking about in this passage, uh, though what we're talking about certainly can help uh, in this instance as well. What we're primarily looking at, what I think Paul is ultimately getting at for us, is when we are needlessly worrying as 
humans tend to do over situations that may never happen or that, frankly, are out of our control. So this is where Paul is going for us. And Paul uses three words uh, to describe prayer in the text. All right, they're all right there in verse six. The first one is the word prayer. Now, this is adoration, worship, and remembering the goodness of God. Part of our prayer life needs to be praising God for who he is. And yes, praising God for what he has done. And so when we come to a time of prayer, one of the first things that we ought to do is start to praise God for who he is. Now, why would we begin with adoration? Because it begins to get our eyes off of ourselves and our circumstances, and it fixes our eyes and focuses us on God, who is the only one who can do anything about what we're facing to begin with. But it also reminds us of his goodness and his grace and his mercy. And so when we begin with prayer, we need to begin with praising him, with adoration for who he is. The second word that Paul uses is the word supplication. Now, this is where we are sharing our needs and our problems with God and others. You know, there in 1 Peter, we're told to bring our cares to God because he cares for us. All right, Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, we are told to bear and share one another's burdens. One of the greatest blessings that we can be to people right now, even while we are quarantined, is to check on them and just to ask them, how can I pray for you? Is there anything on your heart and mind that, that I could just pray about? You know, we, we talked about it, uh, I believe, Wednesday night, um, and, and even as I met uh, with our staff on Google Meet, on Thursday, that we're going to set up a time this coming week that we're going to be on, that I'm going to personally be on social media, and I'm just going to open it up and say, how can I pray for you? And people are going to be able to put it in the comments, or if they want to keep it private, they can send me a direct message. And I'm going to take that 30 to 60 minutes, and I'm just going to pray for those requests. I'm going to pray for those people, and I'm going to try to follow up with those people as well. You know, that's something that you can do as well. And it could be a tremendous blessing to somebody because everybody wants to know that somebody cares and that they're not alone. And so this is a practical way that you and I as the church can remind people there's a God who loves them, who is still here, and who wants to hear from them. And so let me just encourage you. If somebody says, hey, would you pray about this? You may think it's the silliest thing in the world, and maybe it is, but that doesn't matter. You need to honor God and honor that person by praying for it. Why? Because it is a concern to them. Okay, so if somebody trusts you enough to say, hey, would you pray about this for me? Do it. Okay, and make sure that you follow up with them. See, keep their minds, you know, focused on who's going to give them the answer. 
You know, then the third word is thanksgiving. And that's giving to thank, giving thanks to God for who he is and, and what he's done. Jesus, there in Luke 17, he healed 10 lepers. And the amazing thing about that story is that out of the 10, only one of them came back to essentially thank Jesus. They, they fell at his feet and, and worshiped him. Yeah, I think if we're being honest, we're probably more like the nine than we are the one. We know it's God who blesses us, but man, so often we forget to just say thank you. We, we forget to say thank you for waking us up or the clothes on our back, the food in our fridge, the cars that we're able to drive. You know, James 1 tells us that every good gift and perfect gift comes from above. So we need to be intentional about thanking God for his provisions, his power, and his providence in our lives. One way that you can choose faith over anxiety is that when you begin to feel yourself becoming anxious about something, Take time to stop and pray. Use that as a prayer prompt. And begin that prayer with praising God. Bring that request. Lord, you know, I just want to thank you that you love me and that you haven't left me alone. But Lord, right now I'm feeling anxious about. And then you end your prayer. Notice how prayer's book ended with praise. You can end it with something like, Lord, I thank you that you love me so much as your child that you've not only heard what I'm, I'm praying about, but you care about it and you're going to answer it in your time and your way. Lord, give me the faith to trust you. Amen. So it's an opportunity that we have to refocus our minds. And that's really the second part of the antidote for anxiety. It's having a right focus on who God is. Again, anxiety is worrying or fear that is in our minds. Our mind is one of the most attacked areas of our life by Satan. I hope you get that. Because Satan knows if I can get inside a person's head, I can go to work on them. So the remedy for anxiety is not only prayer, but making sure that we are praying and having a right view of who God is. You know, what Paul says here, he says, And the peace of God, verse 7, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. When Paul talks about the peace of God guarding your heart and your mind, really he's using his present situation at the time to paint a picture for us. Remember, Paul was a prisoner. So he was either chained to a guard or there was a guard watching over him all the time. There was never a time in which Paul was let loose or, or free, okay? So the picture that Paul is painting in verse 7 is this, that just as that guard is watching over me, God is watching over you. And, and that peace 
that God can give you when we remember that he is protecting us and watching over us. It can protect us from wrong feelings or emotions or wrong thinking about God. It can remind us that we are not alone. You know, we, we can look in, in the Old Testament and see Daniel here. There were some men who didn't like Daniel. Now the king loved Daniel, but these men wanted to stroke the ego of the king. And so they wrote this law that said nobody could pray to anybody but the king for the next 30 days. King thought, hey, this is a great idea. He had realized it was a trap for Daniel. So he signed it. And the thing about it is Daniel knew that the law had been signed. If you go read in Daniel 6, Daniel was aware that the law was signed. And so he could have become anxious. Oh man, what am I going to do? Uh, I, I need to pray. You know, should I just pray with my, my windows closed? Or, But instead he chose to trust God. And so he did what he did every other day before that. He went to his room, he opened the windows, and he got down and he prayed before the Lord. And the men who wanted to harm Daniel, they knew his character. They knew that he would do this. And so they set the trap and they got Daniel. And so they took, they went right to the king and said, oh, I thought you made this a law, king. King said, I did. Well, that guy Daniel doesn't care because he's kneeled down. He's praying to his God right now. What are you going to do about it? The law can't be changed. You signed it, king. I know you like it, but you got to throw him in the lion's den. You know, here's the amazing thing. Daniel was able to sleep that night in the lion's den while the king who put him there wasn't even able to sleep in his own bed. Why? Because Daniel had the peace of God guarding his heart and his mind. Daniel knew it was going to be okay no matter what. He even says so much that my God's going to protect me. And if he doesn't, King, it's okay. It's one thing I always remember about my grandpa. You know, he suffered with heart conditions, especially the last 10 years of his life. And yeah, I still remember him saying, I'm a winner either way. If I get to wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to count it as a blessing and a win. If I close my eyes in death tonight, it's going to be okay because I still win because I enter into the eternal rest prepared for me and given to me by God's grace. That's peace. That's the peace that Paul says passes all understanding. It's a peace that the world cannot give you and it's a peace that they can never take away from you because it comes from God and it comes in knowing that I'm his child by God's grace and nothing that happens to me can ever change that. And so I just, I want to stop and ask a question. Do you have that peace this morning? I'm convinced that the reason that a lot of people are walking around anxious and fearful right now is because they don't have this peace. They don't have the peace of God 
because they're looking for peace and security in everything other than God. I believe to a degree uh, this could be God striking at some of our idols. You know, the things that we look to and trusted in, like the stock market or the ability to climb the corporate ladder, our education. God is showing those are, are powerless against this virus. You know, the, the things that we used, used to look to for comfort when we were stressed out or just something to escape, you know, the entertainment and sports. Well, now that's gone. And God's not doing this because he's, he's wanting to be angry or vindictive. It's the most loving and gracious thing he can do because he's trying to call us to himself. He's trying to tell us that if you want peace and security, you're never going to find it in, this, in the things of this world. But in me, you can have peace. That's what Jesus said. Church, I believe, I've said this from the beginning, I believe that COVID-19 is giving us a unique opportunity to set an example, to live differently than the world around us and to show the world what it means to live by faith and not by sight. And so that's why, church, we got to be diligent in how we live so that when we begin to share with people about Jesus, it won't just be words that we say, we'll have the life to be backing it up. Because I believe that we could see the Lord do incredible things in the nation and around the world because of this. So again, I, I just want to ask the question this morning. Do you have this peace of God? Do you know without any hesitation or reservation that if today was your last day, that when you close your eyes in death, you would open them in the eternal life given to you by the grace of God? That's the only way you're ever going to have peace. If not, I want to encourage you that today can be that day of salvation for you. It's not by your works. It's by the grace of God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you acknowledging your sin and turning in faith and trusting that only Jesus can save you. So I want to encourage you, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never done that, allow today to be that day. There's no magic words. You just, you have to be honest and sincere from your heart. Telling the Lord that you understand that you are a sinner, but that he died in your place. And that you're trusting in him and that you want him to live through you. And so I also want to encourage you, if you pray after this message, you receive the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you. Would you reach out to me and just let me know? Because I want to celebrate with you. 
I want to praise God that, that you are now a part of God's family. And I want to be able to help you start growing, even in this isolation. Uh, I want to help you start growing in this new relationship. And so you could reach me at Pastor Justin at westlakebaptist.org. Again, that's Pastor Justin at westlakebaptist.org. Or you can find us on Facebook at Westlake Baptist Church. You can put a message there and we'll immediately reach back out to you. Again, we just want to praise God for you. But church, I also want to give us a charge right now. That we would live with the peace of God guarding our hearts and minds. That when we feel ourselves trying to give in to anxiousness and fear, that we would do what verse 8 says, Think on the things that are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, and, and of good report. Think on those things, and let's just praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this opportunity just to open your word and, and to study it. And Lord, I pray that you would just give us wisdom. Wisdom to know whether or not we are your child. Wisdom to know that when we feel stressed out and our anxiety level is going up, that we can turn to you and that you won't turn us away. So Father, I pray for that person or those people who are going to listen to this podcast who today you are calling by your grace, that you are reaching out willing to save them. Lord, would you help them to no longer trust in themselves, but to trust in you and you alone. And Lord, I pray that as they cry out to you, trusting that you will save them from their sins. Lord, help us as a church to come alongside, to celebrate this new relationship, and to help them begin to live the life of a disciple. And Lord, I pray for my brothers and my sisters that we would live a life in front of a lost and dying world that is fearful, panic, and anxious. That we would live a life that is focused on you. That when people see us and they hear us talk, they will be naturally wanting to ask the question, how are you so calm during this time? And that would give us an opportunity just to share the good news of the gospel. Lord, will you use this message for your glory to build up your kingdom? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say thank you so much for joining us uh, on this podcast. I pray it's been a blessing. I pray that it's going to help us to live a victorious life in Christ. If I could pray for you again, uh, reach out to me, Pastor Justin at westlakebaptist.org. Uh, also, if you have received Christ, hey, would you let us know? I uh, encourage you, if, if you enjoy this podcast, if you could give us a uh, rating here, wherever you get your podcast, we'd be very appreciative of that as we just want to continue to minister for you and remind you uh, that we will be on YouTube live this Wednesday night. At 7 o'clock, we'd love to have you drop in and say hi as we continue to pray and study together. Uh, 
Until next time, this is Pastor Justin from Westlake Baptist Church saying, I love you. I'm praying for you.